What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast Dog Mom Mentality, where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie, Caroline, and I have my furry friend here, Layla, and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog, then this is the podcast for you. This week's episodes, and yes, episodes as in plural, um, because the interview was very long once again, (laughs) but these episodes are all about puppyhood frustrations. I wanted to do an episode on this because there are so many stressful and hard moments when getting a new puppy. Lots of moments of feeling confused and overwhelmed and definitely sometimes of just like, what the hell did I get myself into? So all the emotions, while this sweet ball of fluff looks up at you with a sock dangling from their mouth, (laughs) we talk about the moments we loved, the moments we would change, and the moments we felt defeated as a dog mom. This convo is with Brittany Brown. Some of you may know her dog, whose name on Instagram is Rosie the Cream. Her platform focuses mainly on sharing new dog mom tips and products that every dog mom needs to know about for their pup. Brittany and Rosie live in Chicago, and Brittany is almost not Brittany, Rosie is almost two. So don't be fooled by the plethora of puppy pictures that you see on their page. Rosie is like between one and a half and two years old. Brittany, on the other hand, is in her 20s. (laughs) So sorry for my hiccup there. Um, But Brittany felt like she did everything right when it comes to preparing to get a puppy. But she still found things that she would go back and change. I asked on my Instagram story some of the same questions I asked Brittany in this interview and received so many similar responses. So I started reflecting on some of our puppyhood frustrations with Layla, and honestly, she was a really good puppy. She didn't chew or tear up anything, and she learned how to use the bathroom outside pretty quickly. She was and still is super nosy, so if you have food, she was like always up in your business. (laughs) We had no idea what a place command was. Um, But she really wasn't that bad, and maybe her flaws just went really unnoticed because we were in college at the time and were juggling like classes with taking care of a puppy. But after about a month... After, after we got her, about a month later is when quarantine started. So we started say, staying at my mom's house. And it wasn't until, I think, June that we really started to see some of her fear-based reactivity. Once that got really bad, we became pretty limited to where we felt comfortable walking her, which was really, really frustrating at times. For like four or five months after we moved into the house that we currently rent, the only street she would walk on in our neighborhood was ours, so walks were really short and really boring, and then we would come back inside and she would have so much energy, you know, total shock, Uh, shocker for us, you know, she like was barely getting any exercise and still had all this energy, wonder why. Um, but at the time I had no idea what it meant to provide structure 
mental stimulation or desensitized to certain things so we could take these longer walks out into the you know world (laughs) besides just our street um so really the only training we did and up until like October and November of 2020 was trick training inside of our house so no like functional training whatsoever because we all just were like scared that she would get out and and herself get scared of something and then you know we would have a dog that's like at the end of her leash frantically trying to get back to the house so a lot of people responded that their puppyhood frustrations were common things people like would typically think of like potty training chewing and biting and crate training, but some others were very behavioral specific, like building confidence, separation anxiety, and having other people not respect boundaries with the puppy. So these more behavioral things, especially building confidence, is something that not a lot of new dog owners think about. And Brittany and I talk about this during our conversation because it's something that we didn't think about until later on um, when Rosie and Layla were approaching like a year old or like older than just a puppy. One of my biggest regrets from having a puppy was not taking enough pictures or videos. I don't think Brittany can say the same for this because she has so many pictures and videos of Rosie. Um, But we got Layla at 14 weeks old and she was already kind of big. And we were also kind of lied to about what she, what her breed was. So we were like, wow, she's really big for a mini Australian Shepherd. And then turns out she's like not a mini of any sort, (laughs) 60 pounds later. So um, she also lived with Bobby in his college house. So the background for pictures was never the best. It was like never a cute background. (laughs) Um, his college house was literally tilted sideways and was filled with boy stuff like laundry and beer cans everywhere. So, but taking pictures was something a lot of people commented they wish they had done too. A lot of people responded alike to what they would have done differently during the puppy stage. So implementing more structure, things like focusing on playtime, taking more pictures and videos, literally all of the above for me. I feel very prepared for my next dog, but at the same time, all the things that I know now will probably just like go out the door and this other dog have like all new things. Um, but you know, we're, we're always working to get more knowledgeable. So whenever it comes time to getting another puppy, I really hope that I'm more prepared than what I was with Layla and I, I feel confident that I'll be more prepared but I'm sure there's there were still there will still be surprises <laughs> confident that there will always be surprises in life okay so I think that wraps up my intro for the episode and my intro for Brittany and Rosie Um, but while you are here and before the show starts, don't forget to follow the podcast wherever you are listening, rate and review if you are using Apple and feel free to take a screenshot and post it to your stories. Seeing people listening to it and your thoughts about it is literally one of my favorite parts about having a podcast. So please, please, please do it. 
And if you haven't already subscribed to our newsletter, there is a link for that in the show notes. I give out um, episode details, like what times I ask what questions, and I give you a glimpse at what is to come. And I'm hoping to start doing like little motivation or positive vibe things in my email newsletter. So just go ahead and subscribe because you won't want to miss out. But that wraps everything up. So let's get into puppyhood frustrations with Brittany Brown. Okay, so we have Brittany on here. My bestie, Brittany. How are you? Hi, good Good morning. morning. (laughs) How are you? I'm so excited. I'm great. I'm really excited. I got I'm in my new office and the sun is shining and it's just a great have you done anything with Rosie yet this morning? Um we played in bed. She woke us up with her squeaky toy. Oh my gosh. Um we normally don't let her sleep in our room, at least right now, but she was like all snuggly last night. So we like put the bed in and she like slept in the bed most of the night. And then at like 630 this morning, she like hops in our bed and she's like, hey guys, Good morning. Like, ready to go. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> and then like whenever she has like squeaky toys or like a ball in the room, she'll just like bring it up. And then she's like, squeaky, yep. squeaky, squeaky. And we're like, Okay, I guess it's I like purposely put all of those away before we get to bed because we probably have started letting her sleep in the bed like once a week or once every couple of weeks. And we let Layla sleep in the bed last night and she can be really snuggly, but if she has like a chew or a toy, it's just like we're up so early and we're like, go back to bed. Um, so I've made sure to put all of them up or like at least out of our room before we get to bed. Yeah. We, I just cleaned like under my bed, um, earlier this week and I found like a mountain of squeaky toys, like those little burrow toys from Mm -hmm. zippy paws. She's obsessed with those. And so there's like so many more that I didn't even. Oh my God. Did <laughs> just you sit them out back of the bed? Or like, did you just like put them in a closet or throw them away? We just, I actually probably have to like wash them because she just like, obviously they yeah. can like really go like all in their mouth. So they're like, you know, kind of gross at this point, but, um, we, I give her a couple of them because every time like we get a new one out, it like, seems like it's a cold, it's like a completely different one than before, even though we've had it for like yeah. years or not years, but months, but, um, so I put most of them up, but she still likes it yeah. and just like tosses them around and. Just oh my out. gosh. I've never gotten Layla one of those because she's not very good with plush toys. Uh, Rosie has a lot of plush toys and she doesn't destroy them, which kind of surprises me. Yeah. So besides earlier this week, of course, like she took one of our styrofoam ornaments and just like Oh my gosh. Which like again, she doesn't do that regularly. So I was like shocked when I came out. Like Joe was like, what's all over the living room? And I was like, what do you mean? And there was an ornament that she just like tore apart. Because <gasps> oh, um, you had to film Christmas. That's like <laughs> <laughs> I, know. 
I was like, are you serious right now? We like literally have the whole Christmas tree up and everything. I felt like really embarrassed going to bed and being like, yeah, I had to decorate for Christmas. Yeah, in October. <laughs> like October, October 1st. <laughs> hey, you gotta do what um, you gotta do. Yeah, but she, yeah, she's like never, there's only like maybe two, like she tore apart Lammy after like a good time. And then there's one other weird toy that she tore apart, but everything else is like pretty intact. Oh, that's good. Which is really kind of surprising. But I think that like, as far as like, new dogs like when you first get your dog I feel like a really good tip is to not get like all the toys in the world like maybe get like one plush toy one like hard rubber toy one like rope toy and like kind of see like how your dog performs with each one of them and then you can like buy more of them because when I was like first getting Rosie I like bought her probably like 10 Mm -hmm. toys and most of them she ended up liking but if she was a dog who like tore stuff apart, like it would have been pointless to like have all those stuffed animals. Yeah. That's really good because I mean, I definitely did not think about that. And the majority of toys that I got Layla at first were plush toys and she tore them all apart, like super quickly. She even had a Wubba, the Kong Wubba. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. Yes, I so do. she even yeah. had one of those and it's not plush, but it's like, it's like, you know, um, is it like a rubber ball? Yeah. But it's like, like a, a tougher yeah, ball. But it's like a fabric material around it. Even yep. whenever she was yeah. a puppy, she was able, able to tear that apart. And it's like, not even plush. She just like tore the threads of like right away. Just so yeah. she, she's always been crazy. So, when did you get her the like herding toys then? I got her her first herding ball, I think around August or September of last year. So she's had it for like a little over a year. Okay. But like how long, how old was she when you first got um, it? Probably 10 months. Yeah. Okay. So do you wish that you would have gotten it a little bit yes. sooner? Or do you think she would have like gotten like the hang of it right away for sure I like I I did not have know what I was doing (laughs) yeah I mean no none of us do not at all but I just think that it's so awesome that you were able to like find something that's like literally yeah it was perfect for her and I think I saw it on TikTok or Instagram so I mean I like we wouldn't like know that she loved it if it wasn't for social media (laughs) yeah well, that's how I feel like how I find most of these toys, like the floppy fish. I mean, I haven't gotten one of those floppy fish. I don't really know how Rosie would handle that, but there's so many random toys that like I've recommended to other people or like I just show them and they're like, hey, what is that? That um, and also and like the enrichment, um, like yes. the I no and idea. the licky mats. Like I, I've never even heard or thought to do something like that until I got on dog Instagram and it was like, yeah, you need to get all of these and slab peanut butter on it or. (laughs) Yeah, I was the same. And even the puzzles Mm -hmm. too. I was like, wait, what puzzles for dogs? Like, what do you mean? But that's like the biggest, I think one of the biggest game changers when it comes to like keeping especially pandemic Mm -hmm. puppies that just like have all this energy and like we had Rosie we got Rosie like in May of last year and so 
had we not had those puzzles, like, I think we would have just been so lost in terms of like how to keep her for sure and like how to keep her mentally stimulated. For sure. Um, okay. Tell everyone a little bit about yourself and Rosie, and then we'll like deep dive into some of these yeah. topics because I do want to talk about puzzles and like the mental stimulation more. A hundred percent. So we decide, I like to say that Rosie's not technically a pandemic puppy. Like we didn't like enter the pandemic and then adopt her. We in January started looking for dogs. Um, we like had the conversation about, okay, like you mm-hmm. have to get a puppy. And I did like a lot of research on different breeders. And like, I went to the AKC website and there's like different filters that you could use for like different levels of like breeding. Okay. And I selected like kind of the higher levels. I think it's like heart. And then I'd have to look at the other one, but there's two like things that you can select to kind of like filter out other breeders. And we were looking, really looking for like an English cream golden retriever. So that process took a little bit longer because there are obviously tons of gold, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think they're just American golden yeah, retrievers. There, there's like filled yeah, goldens so and then like show line goldens. Yeah. Um, and then English yeah. cream. Why did you want an English cream specifically? Honestly, just because they're so cute. And like, I had a, I had a few friends. I know it's so dumb. I had a few friends that also had English creams and I just thought they were so mm-hmm. pretty and like cute. I don't really know. There was not like any sort of like, you know, epiphany moment that was like, we have to get this. Yeah. But I think it was really just because I had a couple friends that had them and I was like, I'm obsessed gotcha. with them and they're so cute. Um. So I did a few phone calls. Like I got one of the recommendations, like from one of my friends, like she told me about like how her dog was like pretty crate trained. Cause I was like really worried mm-hmm. about that. Obviously this is pre pandemic. Um, and I was anticipating, okay, our dog is going to have to live in a crate for the work day, um, you know, a few hours a day. Yeah. During the work day. And so like, we also live in the, um, second floor of a three floor apartment mm-hmm. condo thing. And so I was like, we can't have her like barking like crazy because we have neighbors. Um, And so I was like, when she told me about her dog being like crate trained when she came home um, or like Mm -hmm. kind of like crate desensitized, I was like, okay, have to look at that. So I did contact her breeder and her breeder didn't end up having any um, litters available. And so I ended up contacting a breeder from the AKC website and she was so helpful and amazing. Like I truthfully thought I was doing enough Mm -hmm. research, but like, I really wasn't like, she educated me so much more on the breed, like the breed characteristics, like she breeds show line golden, even though Rosie, I I guess that like, there's something I learned that like, obviously you can have show line goldens, but like some of the goldens might not be like perfectly in. Yeah. Like the confirmation. Yeah. They might not be like the perfect, Yeah, you know, mix of it. And I think with like Rosie was the runt of the litter. And then we also have digestive issues, like what we'll get into later, but she's definitely more of like, she looks more like a field goal, mm-hmm. but like she came from showline parents. So, um, yeah. And then we ended up putting a deposit down on her and she was born in March okay. and then we adopted her in May. And so it's me and my boyfriend, mm-hmm. Joe. Um, and we both, I mean, if I did not have my boyfriend helping me with this, like I would have been lost. And like, for sure. There was definitely times when I was like, yeah, there was definitely times like before I met Joe and while I was living by myself, like where I was like, oh, I really want a puppy. I really want a puppy. And I like 
luckily was like, okay, you're not ready for a puppy yet. And I think my, my sister has two dogs and like, she adopted them, um, like when they were puppies. And I think like hearing her experiences, I was like, okay, I definitely need to like be ready for it. And so January is kind of like the time frame of like, okay, we're ready to go. Okay. So you like started prepping, you know, a few months in advance and you had family members. Did you have a dog growing up? Okay. Yes. So we had, um, I think it's like our entire family's like part dog and she was, her name was Chantel and she was a German shepherd and she was just the most amazing dog. And we had her up until she was 12 years old when I was like in fifth grade. Okay. And then we had, um, arthritis and like hip dysplasia and like all of the horrible things Mm -hmm. that happened with those dogs, but she was just the most amazing dog. And I really think that like, she was our entire family's like, that's amazing. I didn't know that. Um, she was, for some reason I like, can't see like you with a German shepherd. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, we got her when I was like, before Mm -hmm. I was born. So my parents adopted her before, um, I was even born. It was kind of like the test run. And then I was born. So I basically grew up with her. Um, and she, you know, like, I think that there's so many misconceptions about different dog breeds of like what they are, like what they're Mm -hmm. supposed to be like and everything. And she was just the most amazing dog. Um, so she really set the standard high as far as dogs (laughs) go. And when we adopted a dog, we actually adopt like when I think maybe when she was like mm-hmm. 10, nine or 10, we adopted another dog from um, the Humane Society. And she was like American Foxhound and German Shepherd. And she was wild. Like she, I mean, she was so spunky and cute, but like, it was just like night and day between these two dogs. And <laughs> so I, that's like, and then we also adopted mm-hmm. another dog after Chantal passed away from the humane society. And he was just like a nervous, anxious wreck. And I wish I knew what I knew now about like anxious yes. dogs to have like helped him more, but you know, we, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Um, so that was kind of like, if we're like kind of going down the conversation about like, you know, choosing to adopt from a shelter or like from a breeder, a breeder, like I wanted to just like have the dog from mm-hmm. day one and be able to, and, you know, obviously they're not perfect. And I've learned so much about like owning a dog, but I definitely am like happy that we yeah. that route for. Our and I think one. Rosie is a really good example too, of how you looked for a good breeder, a reputable breeder, um, knew like her parents and different things like that, but you still, like you said, have the digestive issues. And she does have like a little bit of like the anxious nerviness, which isn't like a bad thing, but it's just like, she's a good example of that. You can still have, have those things and work through them, but still come from like a really good breeder. So how was Rosie as a puppy? Besides like being the cutest little puppy ever. (laughs) (laughs) She, I mean, it was so fun, like having her as a puppy. And like, I always make fun of like, Joe used to like make fun of people's like faces. Like when they would see her, like we would be like walking her down the street and people would be like, yeah, just freaking out. (laughs) Like all the different. (laughs) Yeah. And it was just so fun having her as a puppy. But I think like looking back, I think that she was a decently good puppy. Mm -hmm. Um, she was good in the crate, like night one, she cried, obviously. Um, we definitely had to do like nighttime crate training. She was pretty good. 
but during the day we really had to work on that and like work up to her she would like scream crying, oh my gosh like in the crate and we're like what yeah. did you do like what what happened like what what's wrong um so that was kind of a nightmare but then obviously and like the first couple of weeks were fine with the digestive stuff but then like it started to show up later so that was like where things were kind of tricky and things I didn't really expect mm-hmm. um and know really how to deal with like you just want to be like the best dog mom possible and I felt like so much like guilt not knowing like what was wrong with her and like how we could mm-hmm. help her and we like were trying all the things we were like we're constantly at the vet trying to figure things out. But I think like just describing her puppyhood, like it was definitely a lot of fun. It was definitely like a hard experience. Um, and we learned a lot, but overall, like, I think it was mm-hmm. pretty good. So did you like, were you just like the most worried parent ever whenever you like started to see some of these digestive issues and how did you like, okay, especially with like the crate training, it, that can, can like make you want to rip your hair out, honestly. Oh <laughs> it was awful. I think to like answer, what was your first question? Again? Oh, just Sorry. like, were you just like the most worried thing ever about oh, her digestive yes. issues? Like, I like, if you could describe like helicopter dog mom, like that was me to a T, like, I was so worried about the toys we were giving her, the treats we were giving her, like how we were supposed to train her. Like, was I doing it right or wrong? Um, and then like, obviously with the digestive issues, that was like a whole other, like, Oh my God, what have we done? Like, I remember there was one specific story where it was, it's in the middle of summertime and like, we were giving her the amount of water yeah. that, you know, I think you should give a dog. And like we were, I think one time we like went out, we were getting drinks. It was like kind of like a Saturday afternoon. And then we got home and we were like watching TV in bed and she peed, like unleashed her entire bladder, like just full on on the bed. And we were like, what the hell? Like what just happened? Like, this is so abnormal. And then like the next couple of days she was like peeing like multiple times on the walk. And like, she normally doesn't pee Mm -hmm. like more than two times on a walk ever. And so we were like, this is so strange. And then she unleashed her bladder again all over like our bed. And this is the second time now. And we were just like, what is happening? And the same like constant frequent peeing. And of course, like, you know, social media is a blessing and a curse, but there was a dog that just went through kidney failure on, on Instagram and died. And I was just like, this is like what went through my head. I was like, oh my God. So we went to the vet. And she like, didn't have a UTI. We like ran a blood panel. That was like 300, $400 to like, see if she had any kidney problems. Was this the normal vet that you go to or the holistic vet that you go to? Yeah. So the holistic vet doesn't come in until like much later, but yeah. And then it turns out we were just giving her too much water. Really? (laughs) Yeah. So this is something that like, it's obviously, and I was like literally crying mm. when I was like at the vet and they were like, they, cause she didn't have a UTI. Cause I was like, Oh, if she has a UTI we're golden, like, you know, you just give her some antibiotics and it clears mm. it off. Gone. Um, but she didn't have the UTI. And I was like, and then I went down of course, like to this issue having kidney failure. Um, and she was yeah. smaller cause kidney failure, like being a smaller dog is like one of the signs of it. And of course, like a lot of the dogs that I was like, 
a dogs on Instagram that I was like in contact with were big yes. dogs. Like they were like, you know, 60 pounds at six months sort of thing. And Rosie was just like 30 mm-hmm. pounds or something like really small. And so, yeah. And then it just ended up being that we were giving her. Oh, dogs. that's so crazy. I was, like, I was like, oh my God, we just paid for all this stuff. To yeah. <laughs> was that kind of stuff like affecting your daily life as well though like like those types of worries was it getting in the way of like your work or personal life yes it definitely took a toll like everything that we went through was really tough like on our relationship and like with my work life and just like wanting to make sure like everything was Mm -hmm. good with her um I think that Joe and I definitely had like really good trade-offs, but it was stressful for both of us because we really didn't know what was wrong and we weren't ever blaming one another, but we're like trying to have this constant communication of like, okay, when did the dog last go out? Like, what did her, we were always talking about, like if we did not talk about poop at least like four times a day or like what, what it looked like, took pictures of it, sent pictures to each other. Like something was weird that day. That's Um, so I've never talked about poop so much because I mean, to get a little graphic, like some of her stools were like, like bloody. Yeah. Some of them had like a, just a ton of mucus in them. And it was just very concerning. So we just had multiple conversations. And then of course, like we were getting up multiple times during the night. So it's like, you're sleep deprived like, him in the middle of the night. Yeah. The sleep deprivation. And like, you know, we were, each of us, like, we're trying to take turns. And, you know, when I was going back to work, I was having to get up at like five, six in the morning to go to work and you know like getting up at four o'clock in the morning to let her out like I'm like oh my god I need like more than you know two consistent hours of sleep so the one blessing I will say though is that she always barked to get us up and tell us that she had to go inside never had like like, accidents in her crate or inside she when we were training like during the Mm -hmm. day she would sometimes have accidents um but as far as at nighttime, she, I maybe like one or two times there was like an accident in the crate, but she always was getting us up. And it was just like such a blessing. Cause I feel like if we had to go through that extra step of like cleaning up the, it would have made it like so much worse. Crate, it would have yeah. made it so much worse. And like, you know, I'm obviously getting up at three o'clock in the morning and waiting for her to go to the bathroom was like such a pain in the ass, but it was much better than you know, having to clean up. At the yeah. Time. Layla just decided to bring up a squeaky toy. So I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, is there anything that you wish you had done differently, like during the puppy stage? So basically like from when you got her up to like a year old. Yes. So your account has been amazing for me to understand what relationship building looks like with a dog. And that is like, probably one of my, I I don't like to say regret, but like, I really wish that we would have learned more about relationship building earlier on because relationship building is like, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. easier than like training Mm -hmm. your dog. But you do have to like put in the effort. Yes. Yeah. But like, I would have rather put in the effort to build our relationship than get really freaking frustrated Mm -hmm. training. I hated training like and I still don't love it but like I'll do it because I know it's like good for our relationship and just for her like overall mm-hmm. well-being. and your overall like, like mindset too so that you know that like, you're able yeah. to put her on place or 
like keep her in a heel because you live in a city. So yeah, there's definitely like a whole other like host of things that like living in the city brings up. But I definitely wish that we just like had built more of a relationship when she was a puppy and like worked on kind of those foundational things, even just like through Mm -hmm. play or like eye contact. And like, cause right now I'm doing some exercises with her that are so easy that she would have loved to do as a puppy. Like she would have just, and she's so eager to please as a dog. Um, I think that's one good thing Mm -hmm. about Goldens. It's kind of like in their personality, but I would have loved to have done that because we just had the toughest time training. Um, when she was younger. So I think that would have been a big thing. And then it would have been like way more helpful when we went to a trainer to have that pre-existing relationship. It's kind of like one of my like things that I look back on and I'm like, we really didn't develop that relationship. So like when we were using the e-collar in the training, it like would have been way more effective Mm -hmm. had we built that relationship and that trust together. And so now I'm kind of going back and like, you know, I still use the e-collar with training, but like now we're really focusing on building our relationship through trust and eye contact and rewarding that as much as possible. So I think that's a big thing um, Yeah, that I would have a little differently. And then I think that, you know, she obviously has some anxiety, but I think it's more like of because of like how we or lack of like structure that I didn't know what structure okay. meant going into like having a puppy. I had no idea what that meant. And so because she didn't have any structure, she developed more anxiety and like overstimulation constantly because she like was able to do whatever, whenever, however she wanted. I wish because we didn't really start on the relationship and like structure stuff either until she was about a year old. And that's like one of my, like you said, you don't want to like call it a regret, but you're like, I wish I would have done that. Um, like I wished I would have had the knowledge to yeah. do that because obviously if we would have had the knowledge, whenever we first got them as puppies, we would have done that, but we just didn't yeah. have the knowledge at the time. So I don't like to think of it as a regret, but like it definitely was something that I look back on now and that I will prioritize with my next dog. Yes, for sure. And I think also just like sharing that Mm -hmm. tidbit of information with people that are like new dog owners. Um, And that's why I really like your account because I think that you like make building a relationship easy and fun. Um, But like I called you the other day and I was like, like Caroline, I, I don't know what this means. Like, (laughs) how do I actually do it? Like, I see you do it, right? Like I see you do it. And then I'm like, how do I do it? So we actually got a rope in the mail the other day. And I was like, oh, this is a perfect like opportunity to do um, like relationship building. And like, cause Rosie like will kind of like, you know, eventually tear the rope apart. So it's kind of the perfect toy to just like Mm -hmm. hold on to for relationship building. And so we've been doing that a little bit more like on the daily basis, but that's like sort of stuff that like it's so easy to do with a puppy. Like yeah. you have to play with a puppy anyways. So if you can play with them in a way that's going to build up your relationship mm-hmm. and do like easier training activities that like builds trust and eye contact and like, you know, loyalty to you, mm-hmm. that's just going to make life so much easier for you in the long run. But I, I don't know, like I sometimes like, you know, when someone's like, okay, what do I need to know when I get a puppy? It's so hard to be like, well, okay, you're going to do structure and you're going to build your relationship and you're going to do all this stuff and use all these like 
terms that we kind of are familiar Mm -hmm. with because we've like been in this community for so long now, but like, I wish there was like an easier way to kind of like step-by-step explain that process for people. Totally. And I think another thing too is with play, I've learned that you have to be very intentional about it. So you can't like play, but then like be on your phone. You know what I mean? So like if you're going to play with your dog, I, I myself, and like, I really encourage others to, to like be really present with your dog. Like, don't try to be on your phone. Don't try to be like half watching a TV show. Um, right. And like, give yourself enough time to do it. Like, even if it's 10 minutes, like be there for 10 minutes with your dog and play with them for 10 minutes. Yes, for sure. And yeah, all, all of that, like, it doesn't matter if you do it for like five or, you know, five minutes or like a whole hour. But like, if you're showing your dog, like, Hey, I'm here with you in this moment for, for this time. And we're having like a lot of fun. We're doing what you want to do. We're enjoying each other. Like that will make a world of difference. So I've even like, I've noticed if I am playing with Layla and then she like kind of plops down to take like a break really quick. And I like check my phone. She will yeah. like, I mean, obviously like she can't like show emotions, like sadness. <laughs> like she can yeah. have, you know, she can be sad or whatever, but like she doesn't have facial expressions, like how humans do obviously. Yeah. And, but it just like, she looks at me with this face, like, are, are we done? Yeah. And like, you know, I'm just like, no, we're not done. But like, I just needed to check my phone. Like you were taking a break and then right. I don't know, but it's, it's like, she but I think it's, no, it's, it's breaking engagement though. Mm-hmm. It's like they can, it's, you know, there's no sort of like real sign, but they can obviously tell your attention is like not focused yes. on them anymore. And they have not become the priority. Yes. No, so that is, that's where I think that like, you know, like we said, if you have 10, if you're doing 10 minutes of your time together, like just do the full 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And like, even if they're taking a break or something, like just take a break with them and just like sit together. Yes. um, For sure. And hang out. So I think that's like, those are, I think working on relationship, like things I would have done differently, working on a relationship more, implementing more structure. And Mm -hmm. that's like the, it's such a, you know, what is it called? when it's like a word within an industry buzzword. It's like a, yeah, it's like kind of like training jargon or whatever, but just like going on plates, like having your dog be able to go on place and hang out and like, just chill in place. Or like they are doing like when you're eating dinner, Mm -hmm. they're in their crate or in their bed and they're not like begging and they like, aren't able to just run around 24 seven and like having toys on the ground all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, that's another thing that I think obviously my, and our trainer like did a good job of explaining it, but like when there's too many options for them to do, it creates this overstimulation and anxiety. Like it's same thing in humans. Like mm-hmm. if you have like all a million options in front of you all the time. Like you're going to just be like jumping from one thing to another. I think it's like, if you have a thousand tabs open on your computer, yes. you have a TV on and you have your phone next to you. That's like the equivalent to a dog, like being, Oh, here's a bone. Here's a chew toy. Mm-hmm. Here's um, the window to like go look outside. Here's the couch to jump on. Like, yeah. and that was like, when Rosie was a puppy, she would not stop moving. Like when she was sleeping, obviously she was, she was out, but she was like 
grabbing a toy, squeaking it, jumping on the couch, doing this stuff and everything else. And I'm like, I'm looking back and I'm like, oh yeah. Makes sense. Cause that would cause some anxiety and overstimulation. So, um, and then I think lastly, obviously just like trying raw sooner and like working towards getting like into a holistic bed sooner. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And I've never really explored a holistic vet, but I know you've had experience with it. So I'm, I'm really excited to jump into that. And, and one of our questions, um, what are some of the ways that you prepared for a puppy like before you got her? So like basically from that, like January to May range of yeah. 2020, um, what were some ways that you prepared so that your mind could be at ease, like while you were at work or out to get drinks or personal life? I know you said, um, you really focused on the breeder doing like some pre crate training or pre crate desensitization. Um, and I'm sure that was a very helpful. Um, like Layla didn't have that, um, her like breeder. I mean, it was like definitely a backyard breeder, but like she didn't have that. Luckily she was pretty good in the crate, but I know other dogs that, that didn't get that. Um, yeah, it's something that like, so have you heard of puppy culture? I actually have. And I was going to ask if that's like what your breeder did. I heard, um, Charlotte with dogs. She actually talked about that on, another podcast where she was a guest. Um, and she said her, her puppy, um, which is, I think she's a goal or an English cream too, right? Yep. She went through puppy culture as well. Yeah. It's so that's one of the things again, that like, I'm so happy my breeder was like an amazing breeder Mm because she educated me on that sort of thing and the importance of puppy culture. Okay. And so it's like a whole, like, um, set of things that they do before the dog comes home and experiences that the dog gets exposed to and really desensitized to a lot of different stimuli. So like crate training is a really big one where they like have the crates in there as soon as they're like, and I mean, they're pretty like pot- potty trained in terms of like, they start going to the grass in the like play the pen area that okay. they have mm-hmm. really soon. So they start identifying like where they need to go to the bathroom where meal time is like all of this stuff. And so that's like, as soon as they're kind of more crate trained or potty trained, like where they're kind of going mm-hmm. on the grass, they start implementing the crates. So they just put them in there and the dog and they just leave them open like all the time. Okay. And then eventually they start closing them, but they are able to like, just go in and out and they don't see it as like a punishment or anything. It's yeah. just like part of their, just like part a neutral thing, like just another place to go. Yeah, exactly. And so that's what they did a lot of that. And then they just like continue to expose them to different things. Like, um, she, like during the pandemic, it kind of sucks, but she like normally I think tries to have the puppies interact with a hundred people before they go home. Um, so she'll like pre pandemic, she was like, she would have like puppy yoga or like just like puppy visitations Mm -hmm. and like take the puppies to like different outings and Um, like she lives on a farm. So she exposes them to like horses and like the outside Mm -hmm. and lawnmowers and like all of these sounds and like play plays a lot of the sounds too, like, you know, fireworks and yeah, uh, all of that stuff does like nail trimming. Wow. That's amazing. I, I didn't know, like I had heard, um, 
Charlotte talk about it on this other podcast. Yeah. But before she had said anything, I I had no idea that it was a thing that breeders did, you know? Yeah. So that is like a criteria. I would a thousand percent make sure that every dog breeder that you're looking into, make sure they are participating in puppy culture, like at least following some of the mm-hmm. routine that puppy culture recommends, because I think that it really makes a huge difference. The biggest thing that I did not do is continue that when okay. Rosie came home. So like I should have continued doing like more desensitization to nail trimming, like um, more sounds and different like um, textures and like because she still won't go over like the grates mm-hmm. on the ground in the city. So different things like that. You just like you have to continue exposing yes. them. And that's what I, I kind of missed out on a little bit. Like, but luckily we gave her a lot of like social exposure, but socialization is not just dogs, right? Socialization mm-hmm. is like all sorts of different things. So um, I learned a lot about that through her. She, she just gave a ton of resources, like with the dogs um, in terms of like different training things to do, different toys to have, different beds to have. I was probably texting her like at least once a week before we got Rosie. So I had like a bunch of different toys, a bunch of different treats, the crate, obviously, um, towels. If you don't have dog towels, that's like a huge thing to have. (laughs) Just buy some cheap ones off Amazon. You're going to use them a ton. Um, but I really wish that we would have bought a little bit less stuff because like I said before, like you don't really know what your dog likes or doesn't like. And she didn't like the bed that we bought her at first. Like she never went on it, never slept on it. Um, and so I would have like, she preferred towels. Interesting. Or like at at the very beginning, laundry basket was like (sighs) her her bed. That's so funny. It's, it's interesting though, because like Layla really does not like um, like a bed or a blanket. She prefers to like sleep on just the hardwood or just like a flat surface. And one of the things that we bought were um, like a bed to go in her crate. Yeah. And we didn't buy it like the first night. Um, It was, you know, a couple of nights to a week, like after we got her and she had slept in her crate. And then we woke up in the morning and she had pushed the bed. She didn't tear it up, but she had pushed the bed to one side and then was yep. sleeping like on the hard part of her crate. So we were like, okay, she just like really hates plush, like bedding yeah. or like being cozy, I guess, you know? Yeah. It, I think that for Rosie, at least I'm pretty sure it's because it's too hot. Yeah. Like, I think, I think that's what crate. it is too. Yeah. So that's where like, we just got a bed recently, not too recently, but like it has kind of a cooling mm-hmm. foam in it and I think that it is actually cooler for her um does she seem to like it a lot yeah she likes that bed way more than like anything else and like she'll sometimes sleep on this kind of like platform memory foam bed that we have in her crate but again most of the time I see her she's like on the side like she's like trying to curl around the bed and like doesn't want anything to it to do with it so normally we just like leave towels in there yeah for her to just that's exactly how Layla would be too my mom is always like I can't believe you don't have any bedding in her crate. <laughs> like she hates it. She does yeah. not like it.
Okay, so that wraps up the first part of Puppyhood Frustrations with Brittany Brown. Uh, Stick around for part two. It is already out, and in that one, we talk a little bit more about Rosie's transition to raw food and a bit about Rosie's training and reactivity. And as always, that develops a lot of feelings um, in dog parents. So we have some really interesting conversations around that. So stick around for part two. And if you haven't yet, just go ahead and follow the podcast on Spotify and or Apple. And if you are on Apple, please go leave a five-star rating and review or not a five-star rating. Um, If you have any comments to say, email me or direct message me, but you know, don't give me a bad review. (laughs) Okay. Um, and go ahead and subscribe to our email newsletter where I send out extra show notes and you can get to learn a little bit more about me and I will fill you up with some positive vibes. But I hope you have a great, great day, and if you don't get to do anything else today, I hope you at least get to play with your dog. 